Okay. So that concludes 20 minutes of meditation. We're going to do something a little different today from starting here. So now, stay connected to your breath. Keep your eyes closed if you'd like. If you, if this is, if you don't want to do this, don't do it. And you don't know what it is yet, so you probably don't want to do it if you have alcoholism. But I'm encouraging you to follow along for a moment. So I'm Randy. I'm alcoholic. My body is allergic to alcohol. I'm just going to take one moment right now and confirm, based on my past experience, that my body is allergic to alcohol. And I'm going to encourage you to just take a moment now and just reconfirm for yourself that your body is allergic to alcohol. If you're not alcoholic, you can confirm whatever your allergy is, food, sex, gambling, drugs. Now I want you to take a moment and just visualize your mind as being made up of two parts. One part of your mind has a mental illness has a disease called alcoholism. It's a disease It centers in that part of your mind that has alcoholism. That part of your mind is unsatisfiable, fault-finding, and opinionated. So just take a moment now and just see that. See that there is a part of your mind that has a mental illness and that that part of your mind is damaged with this unsatisfiable fault-finding opinionated outlook on life. You can also see how it's always in a hurry easily frustrated and can't stand the word no. So you can just take a couple of breaths and just see that as in your life, if it's true for you. If it's not, don't see it. Now, just for a moment, just imagine that that part of your mind, the part that is unsatisfiable, that's fault-finding, that's opinionated, that's damaged, that wants to run your life. That wants to, that part of your mind thinks that it should be the power for your life. And it wants to talk to you throughout your day and tell you what's right and what's wrong and how to get more and how to be satisfied even though 
whatever gets in that part of your mind is unsatisfiable. And so you could take a moment now and explore the idea that that part of your mind is a complete defeat at bringing you to a place of happy, joyous, and free. If that's true. If it's not, don't, don't see that. But if it is true, just take a moment and see what that part of your mind, that unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated, always in a hurry, easily frustrated, can't stand the word no, part of your mind, as the power for your life, can I see that I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment if I energize that part of my mind? And if I can admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay if I energize that part of my mind, Am I willing to look at the other part? There's a part of my mind that's not damaged. That's completely open to this moment being exactly the way that it is. There's a part of my mind that has no preconceived ideas. There's a part of my mind that has access to all knowledge and all power right now in this moment. If I want to access that part of my mind I have to turn my attention to it. And I have to rightly relate my life to that part of my mind. And so to do that, I'm going to take two minutes right now and I'm going to share my life where I'm at, all my fears, all my troubles, all of my old ideas, all of my insecurities, all of my resentments. I'm just going to share whatever is popping up from the damaged side of my mind. I'm going to talk to the well part of my mind about that right now. And I'm going to call that well part of my mind my higher power.
so that's two minutes. So now the last thing I'm going to do, and I encourage you to join me if you'd like to have this experience. From this place, I'm going to turn to the part of my mind that is open, that is receptive, that has no preconceived ideas, where my mind is quiet and I'm at peace in this moment. And from this place, I'm going to do the third step prayer to myself silently, in tune with my breath. But I'm going to experience the third step prayer by looking at each line and how it how it affects my life. So we'll just do it together. The first line of the prayer is God. So I breathe in the word God, and then I take a few breaths, and I think about where God is inside of me. And I try to tap into that part of my mind that is connected to this thing we call God or higher power or something. breathe out, I offer myself to thee. And I take a few breaths and I think about what it means to offer myself to God and what my life would look like if I really did offer my life, my will and my life over to the care of God. breathe in the next line of the prayer to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt and I take a few breaths and I think about what I think God would be doing with me today if I truly gave myself to this thing whatever it is out, relieve me of the bondage of self, and I imagine what it would be like to be untethered from that part of my mind that has all of my old ideas, all of my stories, all of my unsatisfiability, and my fault-finding and my opinions, all of my frustration and all of my restlessness. that I may better do thy will. That I may better tap into that part of my mind that's open and clear and has no preconceived ideas. 
that I can hear better. Take away my difficulties. What would my life look like if I had no difficulties right now? If I wasn't listening to the part of my mind where all the difficulties are? In the disease, everything is a difficulty. that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Take a few breaths. Envision what your life would be like if you were to walk around connected to the open side of your mind, the clear side, the inspired side the side that has access to all knowledge and all power right now. Imagine what it would be like for the people you came in contact with. May I do thy will all ways. And so, when you're ready, open your eyes. Allow yourself to take one moment to marvel at the amazing seeing that is happening through your eyes. amazing. So thank you for going on that journey with me. I really appreciate that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that there was something there for you and that maybe you had a new experience with prayer and meditation and uh, I did so we've been looking at the fourth step and we looked at those sheets and we went over the sheets and oh, somebody rearranged my bookshelves <laughs> uh, so we went through the sheets and we looked at my resentments who, who I'm resentful at why I'm resentful at them how it affects my self-esteem, my pride, my uh, sex relations, my personal relations, my ambitions, my security. And we looked at flipping it over and seeing the part that I play in it, how I have the realization that I have done the same things that I've resented to the person that I'm resentful at, either to them or to someone else. And then... I 
completely let that person off the hook for anything that happened around this resentment. And I looked at my part in it, how I was my selfish actions around it, how I acted badly in my life, but I used you and my resentment against you to justify all of my bad behavior. And then I looked at how my the the attitude that I had around this resentment that was my attitude that I used as my excuse to have the bad behavior. And then we looked at the delusions, the lies that I tell myself that I believe are true. And those lies feed the attitude that allows me to have the bad behavior. And then underneath that, we looked at the fear that drives all of it. And for me, and for most of the people that I've worked with, the underlying fear underneath everything that I do, everything that driven by a hundred forms of fear, the fear that drives all those fears is the fear that I'm a loser and that I'm unlovable. And if you found out, you would cut me out of your life, whoever you are, my boss, my wife, my daughter, my coworkers, my tennis partners, everybody. If you knew who I was, you'd cut me out of your life. And so I wear faces and I pretend to be someone that I'm not. And so, uh, we do this, referring back to the list, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, I resolutely looked for my own mistakes. Where had I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid? Though the situation had not been entirely my fault, I tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where was I to blame? This is my inventory, not yours. Not the person I resent, it's my inventory. The inventory was nine, not the other man's. When I saw my faults, I listed them. I placed them before me in black and white. I admitted my wrongs honestly, and I'm willing to set these matters right. And then it says, notice that the word fear is bracketed along the side, the, along side the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and the wife. This short word, fear, somehow touches about every aspect of my life. Everything that I do is driven by fear as an alcoholic with alcoholism. Everything, good or bad. It's driven by the fear that I'm ultimately a loser and I better not let you see that. It's an evil and corroding thread. The fabric of my existence is shot through with it. It sets in motion trains of circumstances which bring me misfortune I feel I don't deserve. But did not me, myself, set the ball rolling by trying to cover up my fear that I'm a loser. I'm always overcompensating and I'm always stepping on somebody's toes. Sometimes I think fear ought to be classified with stealing. It seems to cause more trouble. So I review my fears thoroughly. I look at all my fears and I ask myself why I have them. I gotta find this book. I'm 
not going to be able to find it. I ask myself why I have them. Why do I have these fears? Isn't it because self-reliance failed me? In the past, I've always tried to make myself satisfied to, to please this self, but nothing is ever satisfying. So all of my self-reliance on me to be satisfied has failed, and so self-reliance has failed me. So I can't count on myself. Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it doesn't go far enough. Some of us, <laughs> I once had great self-confidence, but I, it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it makes me cocky, it's worse. So when I get out ahead of my fear and I think I'm okay, then I am way over the top cocky and a bully and still trying to get my way. And then it says this, which is my favorite paragraph, one of my favorite paragraphs in all the literature. Perhaps there's a better way. We think so. For I am now on a different basis, the basis in trusting and relying upon God. I trust infinite God rather than my finite self. I'm in the role, I'm in the world to play the role that he assigns. Not the role that I assign with my damaged alcoholism mind. I've got to turn to that open part. And I've got to be open to being the man that God would have me be today, right now. With no preconceived ideas. With no trying to cover up this fear that I'm a loser. My sponsor used to say this all the time. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make losers. There are no losers. I can act like a loser, but I am ultimately a child of God. And when I align my will with God's will, I can't lose. Everything works out for me, always. And it always has. And that's how I've made it to here. Because 99% of my fears that I have had in my mind have not come true have not materialized. They've driven me and they've caused me to push everyone and everything good out of my life from time to time. But the fears haven't got me to here. My higher power got me to here by always providing everything that I needed. I'm in the role to play, I'm in the world to play the role he is, it assigns, it just to the extent that I do as I think it would have me and humbly rely on it, does it enable me to match calamity with serenity? I'm in the world to play the role it assigns. Am I? Am I? Who's assigned the roles today? I know. Most of the day I've been assigning my roles. I've been deciding all by myself in the light of my own circumstances who I'm going to be and how I'm going to act. And I have been accessing the damaged part of me for that information. And then I'm wondering why it's not going so well. 
and why people aren't responding the way I want them to. I'm in the world today. I could be in the world to play the role it assigns. But I have to stop and ask it. What would you have me do now? Who would you have me be now? If I don't stop and do that, then there is no role assigner. There's just alcoholism. So, perfect. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now. And uh, I, I will say one more thing. All of my fears come down. If I look at all of my fears, uh, Phoebe, you have the, the big book awakenings in front of you right now. Will you go to the page in the book where he talks about the fears and he breaks it down? If I had this, what would it, what would happen if I had this fear? I'm going to unmute you, right? There's a little box at the bottom of the page. Yes. Okay. So you're unmuted. Oh, I unmuted you. Okay. So what is the first fear? So list all fears. I fear being not good enough. Fear. Okay. Fear? Yeah. Okay. So let's, so fear of, let me, we'll do it slowly. I have the fear of not being good enough. I think everybody has that fear of not being good enough son, not being a good enough worker, not being, of being a loser. But not being good enough is a, is a kinder, softer way of saying that. So I have the fear of not being good enough. And then I have to ask myself, why do I have that fear? And why do I have that fear? Because I'm afraid of being unwanted. I'm afraid of being unwanted. So if I'm not good enough, if I'm, af if I'm afraid that I'm not good enough and I am not good enough, then I'm not going to be wanted by people. And if I'm not wanted, what's going to happen if I'm not wanted? I'm going to end up alone and I have a fear of being alone. And I got to ask myself, why do I have the fear of being alone? Uh, if I'm alone, I'll, it'll, I'll be in emotional pain. Right. If I have no one to talk to and no one wants to be with me and no one wants to be around me, then ultimately that is going to cause me a lot of emotional pain. And if I get in enough emotional pain, what will happen? That will lead me to drinking. <laughs> When I get in enough emotional pain, I say, okay, this sobriety thing isn't worth it. I'm drinking. Because if I'm going to be this miserable sober, I'm drinking. And we drink again. And for me, to drink is to die. And so what happens if I die? Um, well, I'm afraid of dying because it's unknown. Oh, because of the unknown. I'm afraid yeah. to die because I'm afraid of the unknown. And why am I afraid of the unknown? afraid of the unknown, then there's no God. Yeah. I'm afraid that there is no God. I'm afraid that there is no God. So all of my fears are, and, and if there is no God, what, why would I be afraid that there was no God? Because <laughs> <laughs> the last place we get to is that self-reliance has failed me. If there is no God, I'm screwed because self-reliance has always failed me. And you can take any single fear, and if you keep asking yourself, what would happen if that fear came true? What would happen if that... Ultimately, you get to the place where there's a fear that there is no God, and if there is no God, and self-reliance has always failed me, I'm screwed. 
But we think there's a better way, the way of trusting and relying upon God. And step two allows me to get to a place where I could have that experience of trusting and relying one little piece at a time, one little one little rightly relating at a, at a moment and putting together these moments so that when I get to the when I get to the fears I can see yeah no there is something that restores me to sanity there is something that calms my mind there is something that makes this moment okay there is something that removes my fears from me in this moment right now I'm not afraid right now I'm not afraid And on that, I can build a life on this relationship with this higher power. It's not the, the part of my mind that I saw when I had my eyes closed and I looked at my mind and I split it and part of it's damaged and part of it is clean. The damaged part is not getting better. What I'm getting better at is turning to the role assigner the right role assigner, the one that we call higher power or something or all knowledge and all power or God or whatever you're not afraid to call it. And I'm turning to the role assigner for my, for my role for today so that I don't have to beef myself up and be driven by a hundred forms of fear and try to pretend like I got this because I don't got it. But God's got it and God's got my back all the time. So now I'm going to stop talking and we're going to keep recording this meeting. So if you'd like to share, you can raise your hand. You can talk about anything you want. It'd be best if you talked about what we did today. Uh, it is going to be recorded. So if you share, it's going to be recorded. And one day it's going to be back up on that uh, on that Spotify site. So um, let me pull this up. The first hand raised is Morgan. Morgan. Oh, you're not Morgan. You're Sybil. Well, I was doing that for the recording, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was going to share intimately. But I just not. blew that for you. <laughs> Next time you'll know. Oh. Hi, Sybil Alcoholic. Hi, Sybil. <laughs> um, wow, I'm so glad I tuned in. I, I certainly thought I was way too busy. Um, I really am. <laughs> and, um... Um... Uh, you know, uh, so, so much that you shared. Uh, thank you, thank you. And you know, the um, I love how you go through your four steps. And um, I think for me, fear is unbelievable. I mean, like we just meditated, and then when we were talking about fear, it was like, I mean, it's just this is no surprise to any alcoholic. It's like fear is what drives every. And it's like, I can get better. And um, I like you just said, the role assigner. It's like, you know, instead of like being like, okay, you know, I mean, my alcoholic mind is like a slave driver. That's how it is. And I wake up with it and I try to turn it over. And for me, it's, it's a process. And instead of like it constantly being a spot check, which feels like a big seat and you're trying to take the stains out and you're never going to get those stains out. I feel like instead I'm just going to be like, I'm just like in the, it's more of like a flow now. And that's been helping me. So I'm just like in the flow. Let's, let's return to the flow. Let's return to grace. Let's return to God. Instead of like, I got to fix this little moment because like 
all of the moments are damaged in a way when I bring my damaged self. Um, damaged. Like, I, I don't usually use that word with myself. Um, but the way my mind works, I mean, like, what you just said about um, your mind, like, it's just when you're in the disease, everything's a problem. I mean, I have no problem today, like, basically, except of my making. Um, and I was joking with a girlfriend the other day, um, and and she was like, are you forcing a solution? And I was trying to put this painting in, in between something that wasn't working on the wall. And and she was joking, and she was like, are you, are you forcing a solution? And I had this realization, I was like, every problem I have in my life is a forced solution. Or said the opposite way, every problem, every problem is whatever, you get it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great to hear you today. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I blew your anonymity. Uh, Georgie. Whoops, lower your hand and let you talk. Huh. There we go. Can you talk now? No. There you go. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, Georgie. I'm Georgie. I'm an alcoholic. Um, thank you so much, Randy, for that. And, um, yeah, just the, the connecting to the part of of myself that isn't run by me uh, was really, really useful because um, I think also today I have been the role assigner for my life for most of it, and it's been pretty crap. Um, so, you know, why should it come as a surprise to me? I mean, I've, I've got so much experience of that now, and you know, lots of really good things are going on for me in my life, like because of this recovery thing. And I can spot now when I'm going into a fear. So, you know, anything will just set me off. Like somebody didn't reply to me immediately on a text and it's like, well, they just, you're a loser. That's it. Done. Um, but perhaps I'm not, and maybe it's my mind. <laughs> And um, just that knowledge is really, really useful, and it keeps me sane. And thank you so much for introducing me to that way of thinking, and that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thanks, Georgie. Nice to see you. Eric. Hi, I'm Eric Alcoholic. Hi, Eric. Um, can you all hear me? Yes. Good deal. Uh, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you, Randy, and thank all of you at this meeting. You know, it's been a an interesting year for all of us and, and uh, I'm so grateful to have, you know, this place where all of our fellow seekers have a place to go and, and, and keep us aware, you know, and, and keep, keep me close to my God and, and my higher power and, and the solution, you know, I love this thing that we all have this common problem and this common solution and, and, uh, you know, Randy, you walk us through this stuff so well, it's really mm -hmm. great. Um, I, this four-step work, um, you know, it really takes some cojones to get through it uh, and to, to uh, later on really see the transformation that comes out of this work. And, you know, I, I wish I could give this to, to everybody in the world, but it, it really is uh, for those who, who do the work, you know. And so, you know, yeah, I'm just grateful to have an anniversary again and to have this opportunity to, to just make a, a choice that's not about my ego and self. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. I love you guys. Thanks, Eric. Happy birthday, and thanks for being here. Luke? 
I'm Luke coming up. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. Uh, thanks so much, Randy, for your share, and thank you for the meeting. Um, yeah, it was really good to hear you. You know, Self's really been running the show today. And, um, you know, during this lockdown thing, I can honestly say that the highlight of my day is I basically take a men's group, um, a recovery men's group every morning at 10 a.m. And for that hour, I feel like I'm really um, in service to something. Do you know what I mean? It is the, it is the, you know, I can spend the rest of the day after that chasing or trying to achieve things or trying to do what I think is going to make me feel best. But it all kind of fails in comparison to when I take that meeting in the morning. And um, today's been a particularly bad day. I've been very in my head. And, um, you know, I like what you said about fear, all the, or everything that you said about fear that I can really identify with. I mean, that is, you know, my pretty sure my core uh, and what motivates and and what all my behavior and thoughts and feelings and the way I treat others and the way I respond to others all stems from that core fear of not being good enough and and feeling like a loser and um you know I also during this lockdown it's been a really good opportunity to like watch what my mind does and you know I meditate every morning for 15 minutes again the highlight the highlights of my day are the suggestions basically in the end um and you know when i meditate when i'm off service and taking that meeting in the morning it, it's just great and it's just such a beautiful thing um and then i come away from the meeting and it wears off because i start going back into self again you know and um today i kind of did a piece of work that i was really proud of and some feedbacks come back and they want me to work on it on it a whole lot more and uh, and king luke decided that that for the money they're paying me, I didn't want to do that. And um, I'm kind of torn between knowing that I probably accepted quite a low fee for it. Um, but if I was truly, you know, in God's will, I would have been, I, I probably would have felt like, okay, so this is now in front of me. Perhaps this is the next thing that I'm supposed to do. And in fact, I kind of, I, I kind of drew a line under it. Um, so, you know, the last thing I want to say is, you know, that thing of like, um, you know, uh, freedom from situations that used to baffle us, like, you know, e everything baffles me from, you know, everything, uh, especially when it comes to work and decisions in that regard. Um, anyway, I feel like I'm rambling. I, I'm Thanks, sure Luke. this hasn't been very helpful to anyone, but I definitely have alcoholism. I'm definitely glad that this meeting exists. And um, thanks, Luke. And thanks everyone for for being here and 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 listening. I'll thanks. leave it there. All right, Phoebe. Hi, I'm Phoebe. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Phoebe. Um, thank you, Randy. You're so good. I um, I really did not have a. I had a very busy meditation, and then I don't know what you said. I wish I was more. I, but whatever you said in like the guided part of our meditation today, like took me to another dimension. So that was great. Thank you. Um, I wish I, I'll have to listen to the recording. Um, but um, I've been, um, I love the fear spiral. The fear spiral is totally just drastically revised the way that I face my own fears and the way I can guide sponsees to see their own 
fears, you know, to really see that like at the core is just that I am relying on self. I'm relying on the wrong power. And, um, you know, to be honest, I've been feeling like super tired lately and I like want to blame the weather. I want to blame that I get dark at 430. I want to blame COVID. I want to blame all these things that are all the things that I have no power or control over. And it's like, it's really not those things. Um, and like, I had this thought of like, what does the book say about being tired? You know, we don't tire so easily when we stop trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And it's like, what am I not doing? What am I not? How am I arranging life to suit myself that is therefore making me feel so fatigued? And like, how am I burning up my energy foolishly? Yada, yada, yada. And I, um, I started to read the past week or so, like 86. And I realized that even just in the reading it, I'm not fully engaged. And so just yesterday, I like picked up a pen. I was like, write out what the prayers are. So like, take a pen to paper and write out, God, come with me into this day. Please direct my thinking. Separate me from self-pity. Da, 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 da. Let me remember to ask you for inspiration when I'm feeling indecisive. Like, And just wrote out the prayers. And there was something about like making it, taking it into an action, not just a reading that I cannot, um, that I can just kind of read over. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, we've read this a thousand times. Um, that really has helped me. So I don't know. I wanted to share that. And hopefully maybe it'll help someone. And thank you so much. I love being here. I love hearing you. Thanks, Phoebe. Nice to see you. Thank you. I'm glad you had that book with you today. I couldn't find mine. Dee Dee. Yeah, hi. My name is Dee Dee. I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Hi, Dee. Uh, it's great to hear you. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Yeah, you have changed the way I think about a lot of things, and I appreciate that. And I love that that two minute thing that you do do, and it. You know, I was thinking today when I was walking home, I said, I should do the two-minute thing. And I'm like, I don't have two minutes. And I was like rushing, you know, like, I don't have two minutes. And then I start talking to God. I also have like an egg timer. So I I go and I turn it over, you know, and I say, okay, God, I'm turning it over. And, you know, kind of visualize, you know, turning over the egg timer to just tell God I'm turning my life and my will over to you. But I, I love what you said about, you know, and Phoebe was reading about the fears. I was writing it down, like, you know, okay, you know, try to remember that. And and then no sooner did we finish, I went and checked to see if I won my lottery ticket, you know. So <laughs> in one minute I go, okay, I trust God to that I win. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, so it doesn't stay in one place, you know, like. And so now I'm I'm coming back to reality. I didn't, I didn't even win a free ticket, so. But, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you because it really, uh, yesterday I was at this meeting and I was feeling very emotional and I still do. But today I just felt when you were saying about the mind that you have a way of saying things that I could hear, you know. And I remember at the beginning when you used to talk, I said, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. And, and now, you know, when you talk, I can hear you. So um, I want to say thank you. So I appreciate um um, anyway, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Didi. You won the lottery already. You get to be a, an earthling. That's the lottery. That's the winning ticket. You get to be here on this ride. Oh, I just oh, I just unmuted somebody, but I don't remember who it was. It's me, Randy Paul, Hi, Paul. in New York. Hi, Paul. Hi, Randy. Thank you. I'm Paul, alcoholic with alcoholism. Thank you, Randy. Um... The meditation was very good, but better yet was the post-meditation period for me. It was really, really stilling. Um, 
but there was some conversation going on in my mind about it. And one of the things that came up is that why do I, why do I keep returning to this fault finding opinionated aspect of my mind? And it's clear that that aspect of my mind bolsters my ego. If I'm good enough to find fault with something, it means I'm better than it. If I have an opinion, that means it's, you know, I own it in some sort of sense. And <clears throat> then the question, what do I have to lose by, by turning my back on it years ago is given an instruction of my spiritual practice, which basically translated, you know, said we must turn our back on the ego and all of its works, all of its ways. This is years ago. I'm thinking, why the hell haven't I done? Why can't I do that? You know, I saw the two aspects of the mind that you described. The one, the one that would be described as pure, perfect, and complete. That's all that's necessary. Yet there's this other construction that I created, that and outside input. That's alcoholic. That's egocentric. That's all of these, these things. And yet I cling to it, despite the fact that it's killing me, right? despite that fact. Um, I guess what I'm saying is it's not a new battle. I think what I was left with was a sense that it requires a faith, and it comes back to the fear spiral you were speaking about, because what if God doesn't exist? You know, what if I don't? What, you know, yeah, it sounds really, really good. I really want to surrender to that. What if it's a trick? Something like that. The interesting thing about that fear spiral is it starts off, as I recall, um, I'll be found out I'm not good enough. And the last thing is I'm left to my own devices or, or I'm left um, to my own ways and I'm incapable of, of, of doing this. So it goes right back to the beginning again. I'm incapable of doing this, so I'm complete failure. And it goes through the whole thing again and again. And the only, there's no solution in that spiral. The only solution is to step out and turn my will and my life over. Literally, remember every moment, turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fixed in the system. It requires me surrendering the entire system, I see. And I'm, I'm saying that so I hear it because I get very, I get very um, hard on myself. I take this work seriously. I've been at it in one form or another for a long time. Yet, I'm still being a baby and throwing fits, you know, daily. I spoke about it yesterday. I felt like a kid outside the playground. No, I'm not doing that. Now, I'll just close with this. I had, I got a delivery before. I ordered a chair in the mail. And it has, and it came in this big box. And on the, top, on the box, it says, attention. You must read the instructions before attempting to assemble this chair. And I said, are you talking are you talking to me you know just by the t- of course i have to but it's so e- interesting to see that e- i could even be offended and set off by a instructions well-meaning instructions on a box obviously directed to the ego because they've had a lot of complaints from other egos that said your chair is impossible to put together. And they say, did you read the instruction? And they said, well, well, sort of. I breezed over them. Anyway, thank you enough for me. Thank Thanks, you so Tom. much. Thanks. Julia. Thanks, Randy. 
Hi. Thanks, Paul. My name is Julia, and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Julia. My, my viewing situation together here. Um, Randy, that was so incredibly helpful. I feel so good. Mm. The That whole exercise about just leaving that part of the mind behind. And it's you said it's not going to get better. And that was a good thing for me to hear because I, I, I think I think it's going to get better. You know, that when I'm in it, if I just poke around at it the right way, you know, if I use self-will to stop being so negative or like I'll even notice my fault-finding mind, but noticing it isn't actually enough to make it stop. But I kind of think maybe it will make it stop if I just, like, check it off, like, sort of take note every time I have one of those thoughts. Like, wow, look at that thought. Wow, look at that thought. But that's different from just leaving it behind completely and just turning it away from it, just de-energizing it. Because it is like a projector. It's like when I flip that switch turn to the power, just drop it back down from the ego surrender. It's like none of that stuff is even there anymore. I mean, it, it's so ephemeral. It just stops, you know, um, like a projector, like a movie. And then there's just this nice, this nice screen and the nice room. And there's no problem. There's no problem. But in my mind, there can be so much like spilkus to use a nice Jewish word terrible amounts of spilkas, you know and like speaking of this big book uh, awakening four steps so i'm so grateful that you're talking about it because i've also been doing it you know and i've been kind of dragging my feet but i'm finally doing the third column and it blew my mind because i for me it's like like what you said your punchline is the same as my punchline i just want to be number one like, I don't want to be, like, rejected, not picked, not chosen. And I, I didn't really realize how competitive I am and how much that attachment is, like, running underneath all the storylines. Because the, the stories actually don't have that as content. It's like, how could they have acted this way? This was wrong of them to have done. Why didn't they do this? It's not like, oh my God, I need to be treated in a certain way to be okay because my stage character is all wrapped up in recovery and I'm not supposed to feel that way. So I imagine I don't feel that way. And it's like a bit of a false self that just imagines I'm beyond all that. And, you know, I'm going to the power and I'm working my program and I don't have to be picked. It's okay that, but, you know, it isn't okay. Like my ego, it's not okay with my ego. And the ego hides and sort of ferments down there and like pumps up the stories. Um, so anyway, it's really helped me a lot to see this because it's sort of like puncturing something that was inflated. I feel like all of the juice has just gone out of these resentments. Um, and uh, I feel much more willing to like completely be all in sort of again, you know, and, um, nice. and really grateful and, um, a little bit like the, the one last thing I'll say is like that thing you were talking about, am I, what would God's will be for me? Am I actually being the person that he would have me be, um, that, that it's an exciting thing to consider. Because, like, on the one hand, I think I kind of am doing a lot of the stuff that my higher power wants me to do. And then on the other hand, I also think there's, like, huge strides, like, into more freedom, 
you know, and into less avoidance and all sorts of ways that I could actually manifest more. But it's a little frightening because it means like having the courage to step out of my comfort zone, you know, and deal with the you know, backlash of the self and grow, you know. And I think I've been growing a lot and it's not so it's growth. You know, it, it hurts to grow. It can be painful to grow and it can be very humiliating. Yes. That's what I feel like on the egoic side. I feel like humiliated by it. Like I don't, my ego doesn't want to have to grow. I have arrived, like, you know, anyway, definitely have alcoholism, definitely in the right meeting. And I'm uh, very grateful for everything you're bringing. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Julia. Phyllis. Hi, my name is Phyllis. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic. Randy. Randy, thank you so much for uh, wonderful experiences, especially at the end of the third step prayer. When it says, what does it say at the end? Uh, may I take away my differences that they may be a witness to others. I, I had such joy. There was such joy in that. It was like a smile. This smile that... I don't think I've ever experienced from saying the prayer, which I must often time saying by rote, but it was just so pleasurable. The other piece is uh, what Julia says and what you said probably the other day, we're not getting rid of this alcoholism. And really? My ego says, really? And the other, the other side of that is to keep turning, turning to the power. You know, um, another thing, when you brought up the fears, I really, I started a sweat. There was a death sweating when it's, um, when it talked about, uh, something about, where the it said, am I afraid to die? I'm not afraid to die or I'm, I, I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid there is no God. I, I, I am afraid to die. The body is afraid to die. I thought I was, whatever I thought, it doesn't matter. In this moment, that's what I experienced. And is God going to be there for me? I go back to self-reliance. Then I go to the place of, oh my God. Belief in God is everything, and it goes back to page 68 where you've said perhaps, my role is to be of service to God. That's where my pleasure comes. That's where my isness is. It's like the 11th step, I'd rather comfort than to be comforted. I have those experiences all the time. Does it mean that I'm never disappointed? Yes, I am once in a while, much less than I've ever been in my life. So um, the ego dies. It keeps dying. It's an ego-deflating proposition. In the th I'm in the third column too, Julia. In this third column, you know? And I realized I want to be appreciated. I want to be the one. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't never stops talking. Except when we choose to quiet it. It's a choice. It's a choice. I will choose to go to whatever your the power is. For me, oftentimes it's the Holy Spirit. No, um, Randy, I just, this, this was the new one, the new, wow, you took us through a beautiful experience today. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you. 
Jeff, you got a minute. All I wanted to say, thank you, first of all, but you said something at the end of the meditation that uh, was just a little thing, but it's huge. And it was, imagine what it would be like for people who come into contact with me if I'm in that right space. And I saw this meme the other day or whatever, I don't know what it is, you know, and it said, would you like you if you met you, you know? And I, and it's like one of those little things, it's just a different way. And it just got my attention. I was like, would I like me if I met me, you know? And it all depends if I'm in me like self and my disease. No, probably not. You know, but if I'm on God and I'm being loving and kind and generous and thoughtful and thinking about you, then yeah, I'm a pretty good guy, you know, but it's, uh, I'm not often thinking about the, my, the impact of me on other people, you know, <laughs> what it would be like if people came into contact with me, if I'm in that space and that's, awesome. uh, that's something I'm going to meditate on. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank all of you for showing up today so that we could have this experience because we couldn't do it without us. Uh, we all had to be here to have this, and it was amazing. I mean, I it was amazing for me. I hope it was amazing for you. Um, I appreciate you, and I love you, and I hope you have a blessed day, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. We'll keep going. We'll finish this four-step, and, uh, and then we'll talk about other stuff. So I'm going to stop this recording.